0: Welcome to the Net Zero Technology Centre's podcast, Transition Talks. My name is Stephen Scheele and I'm your host. I will be interviewing industry experts and influencers at the forefront of the energy transition. It's a podcast about technology, energy and people. Hello, this is a special podcast recording at Offshore Europe 23. And I'm delighted to be joined by our Chief Operating Officer, Rebecca Allison. Hi, Rebecca.
1: Hi, and good morning.
0: Good morning. And, um, you know, it's timely that you're joining us because today's a big day for you. You are announcing winners of a competition you've been running. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yep. Our 2023 Open Innovation Program it comes to its final conclusion today, where we will announce the winners. So we opened the doors to our applications in January this year, um, and we received 143 applications in the digital space looking at robotics, automation, digital platforms and the usual sort of digital twins and all of that that goes in the digital space. So we had a wide and varied uh, application list and we are now down to our winners, which we'll be announcing today.
0: Excellent. I look forward to hearing more about the winners when you're when you're launching them into the, the world, so to speak. But I do want to shift gears a little bit because in the centre, you're more responsible for a really important part of the work that we do, which is emissions reduction. And all the technologies aligned to that. Do you think we're actually on track as an industry to achieve our targets in emissions reduction? I know it's a hard question, but what's your view?
1: So it may be a hard question and people might not expect this answer, but I would say maybe. I think we've made a great inroads. I think we've really opened up the opportunities. We've identified what needs to be done, but I don't think we're going fast enough. So sometimes when people talk to me about the technology lens and expect us to be, yes, we're there, we're going to get it, we're going to exceed our targets, I think we need to have a bit of a shift and we really need to think about it and focus our efforts because those targets are not that far away and there's a huge amount of work to be needed to be done. But can we do it? Yes. But we need to really just get after it now. And what about the
0: other area that you're really uh, all over, which is corrosion management? I mean, you're renowned in your focus on corrosion management management um emissions monitoring, corrosions management, big technology areas. What technologies are you still needing to fill gaps that you can see in the industry?
1: So it's always a topic for conversation, especially for myself. It's dear to my heart. Um everybody knows that. Um and yeah, since a young graduate engineer, I went into that field and have we really seen great changes? Not really. Yes, there's some technology. Adoption is really challenging, getting that trial tested demonstration we're still seeing that so from sensors we've got some on the stand here today to just showcase what has moved on but also there's an opportunity to still look at that technology and hopefully get investment into these they're always seen as sometimes not so exciting they're a bit on the back burner It's rusty pipe sometimes at the end of the day but it's important and we need to work at it because not only for our industry but every industry everybody has corrosion whether we like it or not So we do need to look at the different technologies out there. But there's exciting and new and emerging ones. But as always, there's always work to be done.
0: Thanks for joining us, Rebecca. Have a good show. Hi, I'm here with David Wilson, who's Energy Director of the Energy Transition Zone in Aberdeen. David, I saw you passing. I thought I'd grab you because there's some questions I want to ask about the zone. You've been in the press a lot. What is the Energy Transition Zone?
2: Good morning, Stephen. It's great to be here. Thanks for the invite, calling me, pulling me onto your stand. So Energy Transition Zone, our overall aim is to transform North East Scotland into an integrated energy cluster to pursue net zero. One to be globally recognised. And it's really building on the um, skills, the capabilities of the companies, the people in the companies, our natural resources, the infrastructure that we have really, you know, pull that together to make sure that North East Scotland has a a real strong economic future, a growing future in the area of energy.
0: And everyone's talking about energy transition, especially in this show, lots of panels and conference papers. And a lot of the suppliers are talking about the business and how it's split between oil and gas and renewable energy. What's your feeling? Do you think we have a, a robust future when it comes to the supply chain?
2: We've got a really strong supply chain, Stephen. You know, we've built a supply chain over 50 years. And and the thing is, the supply chain, you know, we're really good at pulling together complex projects and doing them in a harsh offshore environment, whether that's oil and gas. We'll be doing that, you know, with fixed platforms, floating structures. We can readily apply that to to floating and fixed offshore wind, doing all the cool stuff around tidal and, and more things to come, geothermal, for example, you know that needs us to drill wells, and what we've been doing here in northeast Scotland and offshore for the last fifty years, we've been drilling wells. CCUS, you know, we've got reservoirs there out there. Um, they're depleted. We can push CO2 into those. And again, we've got the drilling technology. We've got the subsea technology. We're so good at it. In fact, as you know, we, you know, we not only do it in the North Sea. We go. We export these skills and capabilities worldwide. So it's all happening here. And when you look at ScotWind, um, something like seventy percent of the. Um, of the developments potentially coming up in Scotland within 100 kilometres of Aberdeen. We've got the hydrogen going on here. So we really are the epicentre of all things low-carbon energy, Stephen, no doubt about it. And the thing is, when you, when you talk to people, they say, oh, you talk about the oil and gas supply chain. Oh, but we need a different supply chain for renewables. It's exactly the same supply chain.
0: So, David, as you know, at NZTC, we work uh, very hard to try and help start-up companies, uh, especially in the clean energy technology space. Its a very competitive space, and there's no God given right for the Northeast of Scotland to actually attract those types of companies here. So if I was a startup business in clean energy, maybe hydrogen or offshore wind related, why would I choose Aberdeen as opposed to maybe Copenhagen or Amsterdam or Paris as the place to come and locate my business?
2: Yeah well, you know we've got fifty years of supply chain activity being going on. we've developed skills and technologies over those fifty years that are applicable to oil and gas. You know, we've got companies here and individuals here that are so good at technology, you know, doing stuff with floating, whatever it is, floating wind, floating oil and gas. It's all there, under, sensors under underwater, cables, connectors. It's all happening here. We've got two, two great universities, a fantastic college here. We've built up the capability and skills over 50 years, you know, and we can apply that knowledge and understanding to new starts. And, and alongside that, companies like yourselves, ourselves at ETZ, you know, we work together. It's great to have you as partners with the new incubator we're creating in the Energy Transition Zone. Really, it's fantastic working there with Mark Anderson. Um, so you know, we've got a really joined-up ecosystem that can apply fantastic support to new starts. You know, and combined with that, you know, we've got markets that have been created worldwide. So we've got companies here that can market products and services. You know, for for new starts, help them develop prototypes. In the incubator, we've got um, the National Manufacturing Ship Scotland. So not only, you know, technology, but helping companies make things more efficiently using cutting edge um, technology to help manufacture stuff, you know, lower cost, you know, and 3D printing, all that type of thing. So bringing that all together, like in the new incubator you're partners with um, that we're creating, um, we, can, we can really help the supply chain or, or sell the supply chain, but also help the new starts, you know. In fact: The incubator. The focus is on innovation, entrepreneurship, and growth. You know that's the mantra, and uh, combined with the other activities we're doing in the energy transition zone, hydrogen testing demonstrators coming. We're w- working with ORE Catapult. We've got the National Floating Wind Innovation Centre that'll be opening in the early twenty-four. Uh, we've got Skills Academy. We've got the National Energy Skills etc. We've got a whole bunch of stuff going on. We've um, you know bringing that all together. We've got a huge amount of stuff we can apply to to new start companies. Absolutely. So TechX is a great example of your um, accelerator. We'll be hooking up with other accelerators and tempting them into the um, incubator. And um, there we've got a real good blend, 3,000 square meters of industrial space, collaboration space, meeting rooms, the EnMIS workshop, some desk areas too. But the focus is on taking products and ideas from people's heads in their back gardens and garages, taking them through prototyping and into commercial reality. That sounds really
0: exciting. I wish you all the best with that. Thanks, David. Thank you. Thanks very much, Stephen. Great to be here. Thanks again. Today I'm with Mark Anderson, who is the Net Zero Technology Centre's Chief Acceleration Officer and TechX Director. Welcome, Mark.
3: Thank you, Stephen. It's great to be here with you today.
0: TechX is a fantastic accelerator programme that we've been running almost since the beginning of Net Zero Technology Centre, and it's really gone from strength to strength. We're currently looking for our sixth cohort, and Mark. I'm really interesting to know, interested to know how that is going, what we're doing to recruit companies to join the sixth cohort, when the process uh, application deadline is, and what they can expect uh, if they're successful.
3: Thanks, Stephen. Yeah, so um, we are in the midst of recruiting for cohort six, um, and uh, applications opened in July, and they close on the 1st of October. Um, and that's for uh, cohort start the end of February next year. So the cohort will run from the end of February until early uh, June next year. Um, so these um, startups um, um, get a fantastic opportunity to join the TechX program. Uh, they get offered up to a thousand pounds in grant funding, um, and out, and it's essentially a startup boot camp. So they get uh, so much opportunity to to uh, meet new customers, potential customers, to get investment. Um, and they also get trained on on legal issues, on uh, accountancy issues, how to develop their technology further and, and faster, how to grow commercially, how to find the right uh, uh, team members. So it's a, it's it's a great opportunity for any clean energy startup in the TRL or technology readiness level two to six range these startups can be pretty much uh, anywhere on the planet um and they need to be they need to have a clean energy uh, technology with their own uh, intellectual uh, property behind that um and these technologies could be in renewables they could be in uh, clean hydrogen uh, they could be in in digitalization ccus um, and also decarbonized heat uh, and cooling and, and and lastly alternative fuels and green chemicals so all of these technology um, areas are in scope for us, um, and these startups they may be spin out from u- universities, and we're we're in in, in the middle of a, a sort of grand tour of the, the the UK's universities to try and unearth these startups and attract them to the program, and they may be just um, uh, uh, people uh, starting them independently from uh, fr- from corporates or, or whatever. So. Um, there are lots of st- sources for these startups and it's our job at the moment to unearth these sort as uh, 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 these uh, startups and um, and and attract them uh, to the program
0: that sounds fantastic I mean you mentioned the size of the prize is a hundred thousand yeah. um, pounds so that's is, is there any equity take in the program I mean how does that work because most accelerators have some form of equity give to the accelerator program don't they
3: yeah, absolutely. So um, what we ask um, for these startups is um, if, they, if they do really well, then we ask for the money back, but not for a few years. If they do even better, we ask for a bit more back. Um, and some of them, as you say, actually would prefer us to take uh, equity. So we sign um, advanced subscription agreements with those startups. So under certain uh, circumstances, that um, £100,000 would convert into equity, which we would then hold um so that's uh, w- what we're trying to do is not to make a profit but we're trying to create uh, an evergreen fund uh, for these startups
0: super let's talk about some of the examples of uh you know, companies that have come through the program successfully and gone on to do fantastic things so i'm sure you've got one or two that just stand out in your mind is as, as great examples
3: yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we've had uh, 57 startups come through the program, 55 are still trading, which is a, a fantastic sort of track track record. Um, And there are lots of standouts. But to to pick a few, we have Motion Energy. um, They have a a wave energy conversion device. So that's using wave power to generate electricity to power directly um, offshore assets. Um, They uh, came onto the program in 2019 uh, with a device that they could, a model of the device that they could carry in their hands, weighed a few kilos. Uh, Fast forward uh, four years later, they now have a 38-tonne Device which is in the sea, um, uh, being trialled at the moment, and it's generating power uh, to uh, to power a, a, a remotely operated vehicle uh, subsea. So um, that's an extraordinary sort of uh, success story for Motion, but they're, they're still very much on the journey. They're an Edinburgh based company, they're employing well over 20 people. Uh, they make uh the press all the time um but they're they're not yet commercialized they're still doing trials they still need government help and industry help on um, on their journey so that's one example. Another example is mission zero technologies. They have a direct air capture uh technology um this company was was founded in twenty twenty through our partnership with deep science ventures um it, they then- c- uh came onto our cohort three. Um, and they um, now um, uh, have investment from Bill Gates's Breakthrough Energy uh, Ventures, which is obviously a, a, f- a fantastic achievement. And they also uh, won a one million dollar uh, Elon Musk uh, prize uh, to turn CO2 into rock in the um, Amani Desert. So in two years, they've come uh, an awful long way and um, and we have high hopes for them. Um uh, but um, there are many others. There's this ship which has a, a, a fantastic technology uh, to turn seawater into green hydrogen. Um, they were founded in the Netherlands, but they've opened a, a, an office in Aberdeen now, and so they're developing their, their their technology here, which is which is great. So that's what we we want to attract. We're, we're trying to attract um, uh, uh, companies from from the city and shire to develop their technologies here as well as companies from overseas to set up shop here and, and grow their technologies uh, in the region too.
0: And I think that's, that's interesting because there is an international competition to attract these innovative startups. So you have to have a really good reason, a good compelling USP. Why come to Aberdeen and Aberdeen City and Shire to do this when you could maybe do it in Amsterdam or Copenhagen or, or Stockholm? So how would you respond to that? I mean, what would your compelling reason be?
3: Yeah, I th- I think uh, you know Aberdeen and this region. We are the sort of hotbed of of energy in the UK and and in Europe, and and the opportunity from um, the the oil and gas assets that are out there, the, the the offshore wind, the floating wind, and the and the hydrogen CCUS now with the the announcement with the Ac- ACORN uh, project. Um that's a tremendous base from which to build and um you know we we've, we've talked about the funding we've talked about the expert tuition, but there's all those industry partners out there the, these are, these are potential customers, potential suppliers that can help these startups develop when you when you start up a a, a, a startup uh, you need a lot of help um you have a very small team you may be on your own you may be uh, fa- you may have founded it with with one or two others but you need a huge amount of help because it's a really really a uh, challenging journey and and it's the support system here that we can offer. I think is is uh, gives a, a fantastic opportunity for these startups to grow. I think one of the other things is once they've once they're out of the TechX program, we have TechX Growth, and we we help them further. We give them free co-working space here in our offices, but we also co-fund projects and and, and Motion Energy being one but we've we've co-funded many other uh, techx alumni to help them grow further they need to be doing field trials and that's something that we at the net zero technology center can help them with
0: thanks very much mark that's a a really compelling story um great results from the techx program one last thing before we close is you're based here in, in aberdeen um, you know we've worked across not just the Scotland the UK the world and in, in fact attracting companies from all over the world to come here. What's next for techx as a program? how do you think this can this can grow and scale itself
3: Yeah thank you I, I think um, techx is a great brand and and we've now run five cohorts I think um you know, we we are really up to speed with what startups want and and how to support them and, and and grow them and 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 i think with more government support from the scottish and uk governments we could do a lot more in the uk and and possibly abroad too so um you know clean energy is 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 a highly growing um, area there's a lot of opportunity to exploit um can we encourage more startups to be spun out of uh, universities and i think we can i think techx can help with that um as 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 we uh, transition into a hydrogen economy i think so pure play accelerators like a hydrogen accelerator or a ccus accelerator could come to the fore we can help with that so i see a lot of opportunity for rolling out techx the techx model uh, to benefit the uk economy as a whole and to help scale up these deep tech companies these hardware-based companies it's not the same as a software-based company these hardware-based companies need a lot of support they need patient capital and i think this is something that techx can really catalyze in the uk
0: so mark one of the things that really interests me is that the international energy agency have said that we probably still need about you know 50 percent of the technologies that we need to transition to net zero um don't exist yet or are nascent um So there's a lot of work to be done in the clean energy space. How do you think TechX actually contributes towards that?
3: Yeah, it is a a great question. Thank you, Stephen. So, yes, um, the IAA thinks that to get to net zero, um, their their central uh, uh, projection um, half the, the technologies that we need don't yet exist or aren't yet commercialized. So they haven't been invented yet, or we haven't got them to the, the point of widespread uh, adoption. Um, and certainly, you know, a lot of these startups are going to be coming from startups, startups that have yet, uh, to be formed, but also startups that are in existence uh, now. And it's, it's that latter cat uh, category that we can really help with. So these startups, um, you know they need support to grow. They need um support to to develop these technologies to a point where they're that they've been trialed, they've been tested, um and uh, this confidence uh, in the industry that they work um and that they can be widely adopted and and save those greenhouse gas emissions. and we 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 really need this. Uh, but it's also a great opportunity, of course, for for Scotland, for the rest of the UK, um, to to export these technologies and to to help other countries uh, reach their carbon reduction targets as well. So, um, and and it, it's a job creator, it's a wealth creator um, as well. So it's 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 a fantastic opportunity, and we need more of these startups, and we need to develop them more quickly.
0: Well, I wish you all the best with it, and good luck to everybody who's applying to. Cohort six for the TechX program, and I'm looking forward to seeing some of the really exciting technology coming through. Thanks, Mark.
3: Thank you, Stephen.
0: Hi, I'm on the NZTC stand, and I'm joined today by by Carlo Procaccini, who's the Chief Technology Officer at the NSTA, the North Sea Transition Authority. Uh, Very happy for you to be here, for for you you to come and visit us, Carlo. I've got a few questions because I noticed that uh, the NSTA have just released the latest version of your emissions reduction report. It's a yearly report. So, what what's the report telling us? When, where can people go to find it? Uh,
4: thank you, Stephen, and thank you NZTC for uh, having me here today. Uh, the um, we just released just two days ago. We released the uh, the latest emission report and. Uh, We can see encouraging continuing trends in emission reductions, uh, uh, upstream oil and gas. And uh, uh, this means that we have reduced, the industry has reduced emissions compared to the 2018 baseline by 23% to the end of uh, 2022. That is a great achievement. And certainly this has come as part of uh, uh, the uh, uh, proactive uh, actions that the industry are taking. This uh, really, really sets the industry on track to achieve their emission targets that are set as part of the North Sea Transition deal. And
0: what are those targets, just for the you know, listeners who may not be familiar with them?
4: Uh, we have a 10% reduction by 2025, 25% reduction by 2027, followed by a uh, 50% reduction by 2030. We should become a net zero basin by 2050.
0: So, the 2030 target is quite important. It's a big milestone, the 50% reduction. Are you you confident we'll meet that?
4: Yes, I'm sure. But uh, first, the trends need to continue. So, there needs now to be, we need the industry to scale up their engineering efforts towards uh, all modifications on their platforms towards energy efficiency, towards uh, upgrade of their equipment, so on and so forth. But also, we need to tackle emission from power generation. And those can be tackled if renewable sources of energy are brought to the play. So if basically what we call electrification of the platforms. We know that there are a few projects and a few important projects uh, uh, being planned. But we need these projects to actually be sanctioned very soon and delivered before 2030 to hit the 2030 50% reduction target.
0: And of course, not all platforms can be electrified. Some might need to use alternative fuels to power them. Uh, So any, any kind of ideas or perspectives on that?
4: Indeed, alternative fuels might be an important part of the mix. Also, if you consider that there are a number also of mobile uh, installations and there is also logistics to take into account when considering our our emission. So therefore, alternative fuels, sea fuels are certainly going to be an important part of the mix. I know that the industry is looking seriously at that. And I know that they're working with you Net Zero Technology Centre on the topic.
0: we just completed a project with Siemens Energy um, demonstrating how um, biomethanol can be used in a gas turbine. And it was a very successful trial that we've, we've just recently had. Just going on further forward then, I know the is obviously, um, everything that you do, the NSTA, you're focused on technology in your department. Um, and you've recently produced a report, Technology Driving Green Growth. What are the key areas of technology development that we still need to focus on, according to that report?
4: Uh, Yes, indeed, that was a great collaboration between the NSTA and the Zero Technology Centre and was delivered incredibly well by your team and Accenture. Uh, The the key findings are that uh, in the transition, we need to find technical solutions and technology solutions that allow us to scale up uh, the uh, energy transition and Zero solutions uh, to hit our targets and at the same time to achieve the cost efficiencies that are needed for the transition to be affordable. Uh, The key areas highlighted in the report, for instance, are to reduce the energy penalty of the various uh, uh, processes, for instance, carbon capture. Uh, how can we reduce the energy penalty from capturing the carbon dioxide produced by combustion sources? Uh, but certainly going into the transportation and sequestration of the, uh, uh, of the carbon dioxide, how can we come with effective, but at the same time, cost-efficient techniques for uh, the measurement, monitoring, and verification of the storage of the carbon dioxide? And uh, moving to hydrogen, uh, certainly hydrogen now has a significant cost gap versus, uh, for instance, natural gas and fossil fuels in general. How do we reduce that gap, particularly when we talk about electrolysis and we talk about green hydrogen?
0: Super. Um, and lastly, Carlo, um, there's been a lot in the press recently about the award of licenses, and um, I guess it's quite controversial. What I really want to know, however, is that NSTA has a big role to play in the energy transition. What's your perspective on how you, as an organization, can help drive emissions reduction, and ensure we have an integrated energy system in the future?
4: Yeah, sure. uh, First of all, let's start from our regulatory role. Uh, We are a key regulator in the carbon capture and storage uh, part, awarding and managing the licenses and uh, awarding permits for the uh, offshore storage uh, projects. Uh, And then in hydrogen, very recently, uh, just this week, uh, the government has uh, uh, given us the remit over offshore uh, hydrogen transportation and storage. So therefore, we are are key players. We can influence the industry and, in fact, regulate the industry uh, to come up with uh, uh, robust plans uh, and effective plans to ramp up this this very important uh, um, uh, energy transition at zero solutions. Uh, But, of course, I mean, we also have an important role in uh, uh, reducing the uh, emissions, the direct emissions from upstream Uh, oil and gas and i I mentioned before the industry is doing is doing well the industry should be doing more of course Uh, but then again is an area where we are where we are putting also pressure and you mentioned the licensing and you mentioned the new projects and particularly on new projects and new licenses we are absolutely absolutely clear with the industry that new developments to be energy efficient emission efficient and as much as possible net zero Super. Thank you very much, Carlo Procaccini. Thank you. Thank you very much, Stephen.